Hi, this is John Barnes, and you're listening to Cop On. Welcome, everybody. Welcome. This is Cop On Podcast. Thank you so much to everybody joining us on YouTube. If you're not joining us on YouTube, then follow us on YouTube at Cop On Podcast. Find it on whatever Twitter, you know, Google, whatever browsers you use these days. And I'm going to start with a poem because I found a poem. Um, it's uh, section 27 from a 131 section kind of um, selection of poems written by Alfred Lord Tennyson between 1833 and 1850, all in memoriam of A.H.H., who was someone called Arthur Henry Hallam. So this is from In Memoriam, A.H.H., it's number 27 of 131 and it's by Alfred Lord Tennyson. Well, I don't know why they don't say Lord Alfred Tennyson, but who knows? He's a poet we don't question. It goes like this. I envy not in any moods the captive void of noble rage, the linnet born within the cage that never knew the summer woods. In envy, not the beast that takes his license in the field of time, unfettered by the sense of crime to whom a conscience never wakes. Nor what may count itself as blessed, the heart that never plighted troth, but stagnates in the weeds of sloth, nor any want-begotten rest. I hold it true, whatever before, I feel it when I sorrow most. Tis better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all. Alfred Lord Tennyson there to kick us off, uh, basically because I was looking uh, for a poem that involved rage. Uh, William Shakespeare had, uh, you know, a few great lines about, uh, about a welkin, which is uh, an old word for the sky, uh, you know, if the wind rages, does doth not the sea wax mad, threatening the welkin with its big swollen face? I could have chosen that one, Jack, because, you know, speaking about Darwin's big swollen face attacking um, Anderson yeah, yesterday, that... Uh, that wind-up merchant, and we've got to start with Darwin. He's a silly boy, isn't he, Jack? Because not only was it a red card for yesterday, and you know we were much better than Crystal Palace, and there's loads of positives from the game that that we can talk about. But it's for the rest of his entire career in the Premier League, because at least for the next two, three seasons, every single defender he comes up against is going to try and wind him up and going to put their face close to his in the hope that he might softly touch it with perhaps his nose, perhaps his cheek, perhaps the point of his chin, and they will fall down like, I don't know, like, a, like toasted soldiers if you try and stand them up. Um, how are you feeling, Jack, about Darwin's uh, red card today, the day after it happened? Yeah, disappointed, mate, as you know, I went the game and it happened dead quick. And uh, I was speaking to a couple of lads as well. It didn't show it instantly on, on Sky or on the television cameras, did it? So I was not, I was re already reacted to the, obviously, the shot or the deflection that we had. And, and as you said, mate, it's 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 what a, you can't compensate for a player, regardless of whoever it is, for Liverpool to to 
to do that on a football pitch. It, you're putting yourself in a, such a difficult position in reality for the next, what, 50, 57, 8, 58 minutes onwards from that moment. And as he said, mate, it's, it's what he's set himself up for now, the, the Premier League. And for a player that's, He's played against a lot of experienced centre-halves in his young career, in which he has, but he's played against Pepe in the, the Portuguese league. Probably him and Ramos in the Real Madrid days. He's renowned for it, and it's disappointing to see that he's reacted um, in that manner, but he can only learn from it, and that's what we're hoping through, too, that he learns from this experience, and... Ideally, it's not the best situation because Liverpool, as we probably will speak in today's pods, who we're going to be playing up front against um, Manchester United. But as he said, mate, hopefully he learns from it. And if he doesn't, then there'll be a lot of question marks. Um, but it's you got. I was deeply disappointed with him, mate. And it was just one of them head moments that you're like, why have you done that? <laughs> Madness, absolute madness. Virgil van Dijk says he has to control himself definitely. He has to manage himself and he has to know that these things can happen, especially in the Premier League. Obviously, he was disappointed and also probably with himself, but it's a learning curve and we will always back him. He knows it should not happen again and hopefully it will be that way. Delighted to have Brian back with us. Brian, he's going to learn. He's going to learn, isn't he? He's never going to do that. He's never going to be that dumb again, is he? Well, I don't know. Let's hope not. I mean, um, yeah, I was I was disappointed. I was disappointed for him because he just got mugged off, right? Just he, it, it was so that was coming. I, 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 I predicted that in the chat like halfway through the week because I seen Crystal Palace play against uh, um, Arsenal in the opening game. And like Vieira's definitely got his stamp on that team now. Vieira, who looks like the car mechanic these days uh, has has turned that team into the guy you drop your car off to has turned that team into a gnarly team, like just chipping away, just you know, fouls that the ref can't see, and and they were just kicking lumps out of him. And that ref was like most of the refs over the weekend, just horrendous, right? Let so much go, and um, but yeah, no, look, he can't do that. Um, the only thing encouraging. Um, from the whole escapade was that you know we played a lot better after after he went and then also you know Klopp is very good at managing narrative at, and um, and reframing things and I mean you know I've seen already he's saying oh you know we're not going to use this time to punish him he knows he can't do that we're going to make this time to make him stronger um and so when he comes back to the premier league he'd be wiser and stronger and so you know if there's any if there's an, any manager who can manage this um it's him but yeah it's um it was disappointing and you would hope that he definitely learned from that because yeah he will be getting that a lot now until people forget about it um and he'll have to just not respond now for six months but they'll be trying to wind him up every single game home and away and even the fans, right? The opposition fans will jump all over that as well, right? So hopefully it won't be as it'll just uh, be water under the bridge after a few games. And he's, he needs to score a hat trick quickly, I think, just to kind of uh, create a new headline. He could have scored a hat trick yesterday. It was a really good. Uh, it's a really really good answer. And you're right about the opposition fans. The thing about it is, is that first impressions last, and you know that Premier League officials are, you know, incompetent, biased. You know, they hold things against people. There was an incredible 
a graphic that Fergus sent to me about the amount of time that Mo Salah has the ball in the, in the box and has not been fouled, apparently. Like, he's not been fouled compared to every single other player in Europe. It's absolutely mad. It's, it's from Paul Tompkins. Do check out his excellent work. There's a great article about a statistician who got in touch with Paul Tompkins about Premier League refing, and, and, and they're either biased uh, or they're incompetent. Um, or, you know, I don't know if there are any other possibilities. Um, uh, but anyway, enough about the refs. I mean, I thought, um, you know, they're, they're, phew, I saw lots of people panicking, Jack, panicking, saying this was piss poor Reds. This was absolutely awful stuff. Alan in the comments, great to have Alan with us. He says, uh, we're going to have, uh, it, we, we need a net, he says, excuse me, a never get, Give up attitude is needed again this season. Um, Doug is here. He says, utter madness from Nunes. Very nice, Doug. And uh, great to have Anfield Road TV in the chat as well. Yeah, hello, everybody. Um, but, um, Jack, in terms of the never give up attitude, some people have given up already. I mean, Twitter was full of people saying, oh, yeah, Liverpool should have strengthened and Klopp should go. I've had people saying that Jürgen Klopp should go because we haven't strengthened this summer. And, you know, if there's anything, yeah, I mean, you just, I mean, you're on mute, but you're puffed out your cheeks and shaking your head. Jack, I mean, feel free to go or whatever you want down the mic because that is yeah. the kind of you know it's, it's, it's lamentable isn't it the people's reaction to this i thought we played well we were unlucky yeah. we were the better team keep it in perspective there's 36 games left and people yeah. are already willing to chuck in the towel it's it's crazy Jürgen klopp has been the best thing to happen in my 27 years of supporting liverpool He's given me the best years, and hopefully he will do give Liverpool m more greater years ahead of him. And the, the, people are entitled to their opinions, but as I said on my post match, I was left speechless. Uh, obviously, I, it, it's easy for all of us to go on a video and go over the top, full on Arsenal fan TV, and because that's what gets your views. It honestly does get your views in today's society. And as I said, everyone's entitled to opinions to think what they want. But for me, as I said, Jürgen, we would be absolutely... <laughs> we all remember where we were before Jürgen Klopp come in. And we don't want to be there ever again. But what we want and what I want, and I think can't speak for you lads, but for me personally, I want Jürgen Klopp to be in the best position possible to get the best results he can off a football pitch. And in the stadium last night, I don't know how it translated on, on the telly, he needs help, Jürgen Klopp, in terms of the money. Um, there's money in the club. And those players as well, how many times do these players have to continue, 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 season after season after season, perform at the highest level? Well, we've all been in jobs and all that, where you just need a little bit of a boost or like a bit of communication with the manager, get a, an extra colleague in that really just gives you a boost or makes your team be better in whatever aspect it is and brings the best out of you. These lads have been to the mill for the last three, four years, missed out by a point in a couple of seasons as well. And when you are coming up against a team of the calibre in which Manchester City is, Kevin De Bruyne, Bernardo Silva, he goes to Barcelona. We all know the quality players. I looked at that performance tonight, boy, last night, boys, and there's a real lack in quality in midfield. And it's it's not a case of we know the limitations of Jordan Henderson's game. Klopp himself, and for me, I hope he does 
I hope he drops Fabinho, plays Hendo in the six, because Jürgen said in the past, Hendo's best position is in the six. And yes, we did criticise Henderson, and I did personally as well in the eight against Fulham. But for me, it as I said, limitations to certain players. I think we've we've watched these lads over a certain amount of period. We know what they can and what they can't do. And in second ball transitions, similar with the Fulham goal as well, similar with last night's goal as well. Nat Phillips limitations. We know he's not the quickest. Every the other nineteen Premier League managers. The, the very intelligent, you know, they've been here, done that in football. It was so obvious what their game plan was, Palace. And that's not a, a dig it naff for me. It's limitations to Nat's game. We know he's not the quickest. So what do you then do? Do you, do you move a, an extra midfielder, say, protect that pocket of space? But when Fabinho is not on his game, like he hasn't been for the, the, the game last night and He's he's on his last legs. Like he's played so many minutes over the last three, four year period as well. He needs a rest. But when Fabinho's not on his game, Liverpool struggle in terms of second ball transitions when teams attack on Liverpool in the wide areas, when he stretches, we look very disjointed. And um, we're very heavily reliant, as we have been over the last couple of years, on certain individuals in our team to to really stand up. Allison back end of the last season. How many man in a match displays did he get last year? Yes, you can talk about that's what it's all about, having a, a big squad. But I think, well, I don't know how you feel, but for me, I don't know what Costa Simicus has got to do to get a game of football for Liverpool in a competitive game. For me, I'd start Costas against Manchester United. And if he doesn't have the best game, keep on playing him because he deserves his opportunity, really, for me, miss. There was a lot of uh, ranters about them, but <laughs> it was... Well, no, it's very good. Head. It's very yeah. good. You, you know, you go for it. You go into the into the woods and down various trails there. And we can, you know, pick, go go into all, those uh, perhaps one by one. But uh, interesting, you you weren't happy with Fabinho's performance. I was I was happy with Fabinho's performance yesterday. I thought he was very good. He had 94.3% passing accuracy, uh, which was a massive step up from Fulham, uh, where he had, uh, let me just check for you, he had an 80 0.6% passing accuracy. So he was up 14% in terms of keeping the ball well. I thought he kept the ball well and he won the ball, um, you know, fairly, fairly well as well. Um, he, uh, oh, my, uh, my, uh, I don't know, my computer's gone, gone, gone batshit, but it's okay. Um, so yeah, Fabinho, there was the glaring error when Eze turned inside and Fabinho stuck his leg out and then pulled it away because he didn't want to get the yellow card. Uh, um, that was when Eze then played Zaha in for the goal. Um, but I thought generally he was very good, and 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 I would continue with Fabinho in the six. But there you go. What do you what do you make of Fabinho? But first of all, actually, before answering that, are you worried about our start, Brian, or are you still positive? You got the never give up, the never say die attitude. Well, uh, I want to say one thing about Fabinho and his stats, um, and I think it's relevant. There are there are three types of lies in this world. There are statistics, there are damn, no, there's lies, there are damn lies, and there's statistics. And uh, I, <laughs> I looked at his statistics just now, managed to finally, after two years of doing this, find a website that has, actually has statistics about the game that we're going to talk about. Ooh. And I was like, wow, Jesus, his statistics were off the charts, right? His past completion, as you said, and all that. But I'm with Jack. 
he was off the pace for me at the beginning of the game. His his uh, his passes were pedestrian. Like he was stroking the ball to players. Like I think we're at our best when we're intense and uh, we're passing the ball intense. We're passing the ball with purpose and uh, we're pressing. And like the reason why I think we've been so successful under Klopp is that we're just so uncomfortable to be to play against. And if you give teams Anytime a team can play a little bit against us, they they immediately start to think, "Oh, Liverpool are having a, they're they're having an off day. We might have to, we, might, we might get something out of this." And I think that's what the message we said. Like I sat down with my buddy and we looked at each other. We, you know, we thought, "Okay, right, clear as day. We have to come out of the traps fast here today for sure." This first ten minutes has to, we have to be up and in their faces, put a marker down because anything other than that. We're going to have trouble here today because I seen Crystal Palace play and I just thought, Saha, I knew I, I knew they were going to do that. They were just going to put five at the back. They're going to put two in front of them. They're going to put the whole team back there and they'll just put Saha on the halfway line, you know, and they'll tell him, do nothing. Your whole job, the whole game is just to stand, you know, be on the shoulder. If you don't get, like, if you get four touches of the ball, make sure that make sure you have a shot on target and Saha say what you like him um, he, he can play right he can he can stick the ball in the back of the net and I and I said that to my buddy and literally two minutes later that that transition happened and um it's not I mean it's not Phillips's fault because everybody gets done by Saha that way if you go you put a man man on man Saha Saha's probably going to beat you even if it's like Virgil van Dijk the problem is the ball before that it should never happen it should never get to him and um yeah, I know what you mean. And look, it's uh, it, the performance wasn't as bad as people are making out, but I would say this: it's our it was our first game at home in the new season. We're chasing this city team, who are probably not going to drop twelve points like they did like last season again. And um, uh, let's be honest: we should we 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 should have got three points there. That's that was what was needed, right? Two 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 against Fulham. And uh, we have to be Crystal Palace at home. It's just that's just the way it is, you know. And I mean, I'm glad that we we managed to get a point, and I'm glad that we can we we came away from that match with a performance because there's nothing worse than like a no result and a bad performance, right? Because I think once the, uh, Darwin got sent off, it was it, which is a bit. Somebody else has commented on this. It's a bit worrying because when he went off, we looked very much like the old Liverpool straight away. It's almost like they did not know how to play with the number nine up front there. Like it, it just it as I think you might have brought it up earlier that you know Salah is a bit uh, isolated out on the wing. He's looked isolated the last two games there. He's not as central as he's been in the past. But to answer your original question, no, the world is not ending. The four horsemen are not striding down the the road on their donkeys saying that, you know, the premiership's over. It's uh <laughs> we <laughs> we're like one point behind City where when where City was last season, right? Um, and there's a ton of football to play, and we're still unbeating. <laughs> still unbeaten. We're, the, yeah. we're a whole <laughs> season unbeaten, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we're coming and, for your Arsenal. Uh, yeah, okay. But I will say this though: my God, it puts the whole United game into a totally different light now, right? Because we both had shit. You know, you could say it wasn't a shit game, but there's a lot of people who say that was a shit game, right? And who's to say who's right, who's wrong? But all I know is that that United game, whoever loses that game, it's going to be a complete meltdown, 
right? If we manage to beat them and spank them, then that club is just going to collapse, right? It's going to, because they're already there already. But if that shit United team get anything off us, it'll start to, things will, it could get a little bit sh- shaky for a couple of weeks. Do you know what I mean? Like there'll be, the press will be all over that, you know, like a rash. Yeah, but it's up to us to put things into perspective. I mean, we're talking about we're talking about opinions, right? And and and, and as Jack said earlier, everyone what is this is perspective you're talking team. about? Well, I mean, you know, forgive me, forgive me for trying <laughs> to be a little bit sane, a little bit, because it's you know okay to have any kind of opinion that you want, but when you know what people don't ask themselves, or maybe they're too. I don't know, too big-headed to 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 admit that maybe they're a bit freaking dumb. But, like, when do opinions get stupid? William Gallas, I think it was him, or another ex-player, forgive yeah. me if I got the name wrong, said that, said that Liverpool, there's no chance Liverpool will finish in the top four this season. No chance. Um, and he's welcome to his opinion. When is it a stupid opinion is, you know... Like the answer is 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 when you you've got, you know you're not basing it on absolutely anything. So all of these people who say that the league you know the league is done, uh, you know City won't drop any points between now and the end of the season. It's not true. I mean, by the way, Brian, they dropped because um, there are 114 points maximum. So they dropped about 20 points last season. I can't remember what, where they finished, 94 or something like that. So they dropped around 20 points last season. They'll probably, even if, 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 if they drop, uh, you know, 17 or 15 points, we still got a long way to go. We can still catch them up uh, very easily. Well, not very easily, but I mean, mathematically, it's easy. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, but... I, I don't know. The positives from the performance are, are much more important to me than anything else. Now, I disagree with you, Brian, in that, um, you know, our, our XG for the first half was 1.92 compared to Crystal Palace's 0.35. So I think in the first half, we were actually very, very, very good. I, I was really, uh, you know, obviously very disappointed the fact that we were 1-0 down at halftime. But... Our performance, I thought, was excellent. We 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 sprang out of the blocks. And uh, to put things into perspective, I mean, this is why this is why I I come back at people who say that Fabinho is 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 not. I don't know. All of the stats say Fabinho is better than Henderson, and I don't think that's a lie in the number six. But anyway, um, the the oh, so many people performed well yesterday, actually, Jack, and one of them was Trent. Now Trent. In the last episode of Cop On, um, I've never been more down on Trent in my life. I think it was his worst ever performance against Fulham. Uh, 59% passing accuracy, one key pass. He was giving the ball away, uh, you know, like a like an, an electioneer, hands out pamphlets, willy-nilly, to every auntie, every uncle, every granny, every granddad, every child, every baby, just handing out the ball. But yesterday he had five key passes, which is a lot better. And his passing accuracy went up by a, a whopping 20% from 59% to 78.7% passing accuracy. He managed four shots as well. And I thought Trent 
was particularly good yesterday. And so you can think of him, you know, Liverpool's performance is excellent in the community shield. Awful against Fulham. And I think really good yesterday. So it makes me feel that, you know, it's just a Fulham was just a blip. And yesterday the result was just a blip, but because the performance was good enough. We've got nothing to worry about. And 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 I wanted to talk about, you know, Trent in particular. I mean, you know, you were at the ground where, where you know, it were I mean, some of his passes, Pedro Chirivella, our former player, was on 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 Twitter saying, How the heck do you even see those passes, Trent? Uh, was it magnificent at Anfield? As magnificent as it looked to me at home on my computer? Yeah, it's, it's like Motors, it's like Trent's doing a bit of Mozart on the pitch, really. Oh, and I think you like that as well. Like the, the, the stuff he does on a football pitch, it defies uh, expectation, really, because you traditionally we've all grew up on, you know, as, as Carragher used to say, no grows up to be wanting to be Gary Neville. Um, <laughs> but Trent. He's making young lads want to be fullbacks and be expansive and attacking fullbacks as well. And, and that's what you want. And I think it coincides, we'll probably speak about a bit about Elliot, but Liverpool's play down that right hand side is absolutely hit the understanding of Elliot, Trent, and Salah is the triangle those three do down that right is absolutely superb in every aspect in terms of Elliot's 19 years old, but the understanding between Elliot and Trent is when you watch it in person or even on telly as well, you you, you get the enjoy playing with each other. Uh, and as you said, they made six or whatever key passes as well. I think five, yes, five. Yeah, I think you'd see a better Trent even more if Liverpool's attack and play down that left hand side was a bit more balanced within a game because obviously everyone's just focusing solely on Trent and Salah and. Uh, Elliot, but if Liverpool can eventually sort out the left-hand side, the communication between Diaz, Robbo, Costas, whoever's playing down that side, and obviously the injuries aren't helping with Thiago Alcantara as well, chopping chopping and changing that left side of, like, obviously we're talking about the triangle on the right, because the triangle on the left is most important, and the most important thing I come away from last night, including Trent as well, a key word, and I don't know if Jürgen Klopp will be, is balance. That one of the most important things in a football team is balance in terms of Liverpool. We've seen it. I think there was a game against City last season or the season before when everyone was a Trent on that diagonal ball that he used to always do. And when Liverpool were playing the most expansive football that, that we know they can do is when you see Robbo bombing in down the left and, and getting forward and then knocking down that. And we've seen it with the goal as well, with the knockdown in the Community Shield. Lobo down six-yard box anyway, knocked it down, and then Nunes was there. That's what we were lacking last night. Even when we did have 11 men on the pitch, there was almost an understanding of, well, if Trent doesn't do it, if Salah doesn't do it, if Elliot doesn't do it, then who's going to do it? Because we were all looking at each other going, oh, about five, six players were making the exact same run, and you're like... Obviously, the, the, the crowd not get gets on the team's back, but even the crowd were like, Come on, boys, what are you doing? You just want someone to grab the game by the scruff of the neck. And at the age of 23, it seems like it's always down to Trent to try and create something within this team. Uh, and, and he's got to shoulder, shoulder that expectation week after week. It's almost like we all grew up watching Gerard, he just carries Liverpool on his back. and as I said, if Trent, if it's not going to be Trent that cuts open a team, or if it's not, and Thiago's not on the pitch, I think Liverpool really struggle to create 
a lot of clear, clear cut opportunities the way we're playing at this moment in time. Really interesting point. Yeah, I mean, Andy Robertson, no key passes. Um, you mentioned the triangle that was really good with, with Salah and, and Elliot. Um, Mo Salah had an incredible eight key passes yesterday. Brian, you're right, Salah's a bit more, bit more out wide. He's been charged with, with making things happen. He really, like, he was so unlucky not to get an assist yesterday because he was so creative. Also, his shots, there was that one quick one where he, he took it down with his left foot and had that shot from outside the area, whistled past the post. I thought that was in. I was on my knees, waking up the neighbours. Sorry, neighbours. Uh, because that was, uh, that was unbelievable. As Gary Gillespie said, he had no right to get that shot off, he almost scored. But eight key passes is unbelievable. 81.3% passing accuracy. So he's keeping the ball a lot better than last week against Fulham when it was 68.8%. Again, woeful against Fulham. One key pass, two shots with one on target. He managed an extra shot, three shots, one on target against Crystal Palace. Mo Salah, but the Mo Salah and Elliot and Trent, that link up, it does look tasty, tasty, tastier than a sticky toffee pudding. What do you reckon, Brian? Um, yeah, but you know what? Before I say that, I was just thinking about it. It's come to me. Like, it's not very often I re- disagree with you fully. And this is probably one of those times go, I want to have to say. Because, no, I'm, they, they were not good. Yes, I, 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 for me, they were not good because um, we had four shots on target. The average Premiership team has nine shots on targets for the same amount of shots. As Jack said, they weren't particularly... Oh, but our shooting was awful, Brian. It, it's not that we had 24 shots, but four yeah, of them but on we, that, that, So that has to be... That has to be no, I'm not saying no, there's nothing to do with Mo Salah. I'm just talking as a team, right? That has to be better. Also, the oh, thing yes, that was infuriating me, that was driving me absolutely batshit crazy, was the amount of crosses that were going into the box. I'm like, that Jensen guy is like seven foot two. He's just going to gobble that up all day long. And he did. Every time the ball came in, fucking Nordic giant kept jumping up and just going, bang, thank you. Off you go again. Take it away, guys. Take it. You can send them in all day. No problem. I'm pretty sure they were like, they've got three big guys in the middle and they've got five in the back and you've got, you've got uh, Trent out wide. He's brilliant. I thought he was great. He was our best player for sure. Um, but he's our predictable best player. We didn't play with any kind of dynamism. They know, like, it's no, like, the amount of touches that Trent had and Fabinho had compared to the other, the rest of the team was shocking. Like, Trent had 150 touches of the ball, and, uh, you know, Darren Newman has had 20 or something like that or whatever. So it was, it was just that we're just, we set up, very, we were very easy to play against in our own place. You know, um, and it. I think that was we have to we have to kind of like we have to admit to that. I'm not saying it's bad, right? It's it's not bad, as you quite rightly pointed out. There's a lot of games to play. I'm I'm only half joking when I say we're still unbeaten. That's a big thing. That's something to hold on to, right? And we can improve. But for me, there was too there was too many players, key players in the team that were stroking the ball around, and the ball needs to go quickly. Or and the way you beat a team like that is you know, one, two quick transitions. Just look at City. They're masters of doing that. Like, I, I watched I watched, the, I watched uh, the breakdown of Man City's last game and they were they had the same kind of situation. They got a team blacked in there and Man City had five against five. 
and and they were stretching, they were pulling the line wide, and that that line was not good enough to keep in one position for ninety minutes. And that's how they played. They played in between them, and they just passed. And I just thought that's the way you play against teams like that. I mean, I don't like. I preface this by saying, what the fuck do I know about football? <laughs> but, but, but I do know when you've got a six foot seven giant in the middle of the pitch, you know, who's just hoovering up balls like he's Jupiter, you know, and these these are comets coming, getting <laughs> sucked into his massive blonde head. Then at some stage you say, play it on the ground, you know, for, for like 10 minutes or something. You know, we're not going to get any joy. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree that we could have we could have done that a lot better. Uh, we could, but but City they don't necessarily play fast. They play they play a lot of controlled, slow stuff until yeah, the but gaps, they, you know, not, open not up, and then they yeah. do the one twos. And I know but, that you know, to get in behind and all that. Stuff. Fast doesn't have to be from one end of the pitch to the other. Fast can be in little small triangles and still be slow. But it's 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 much more conviction, you know, like we, and when we, if you look at Liverpool, when we, when we have our, my opinion, when we have our best passages of play, the ball is fast. The ball comes to feet fast. It goes from one. There's no, there's no second guessing. There's like, they know what they're doing. They know where they are. They don't have to keep their head up because they know where that player is going to be. Whereas yesterday it was too, it was too strokey strokey for me by some players, particularly Fabinho. He was just rolling it like, like it was, he was on the green and he was just trying to, sink a putt right sometimes i mean he didn't have a bad game but if you're going to have that much of the ball then you have to you have to kind of um influence the game more you know i think you know i like too, i like Hendo too safe and, one in brian sorry damas would, would you yeah, say it yeah. was too safe but tiago would you say is our risk taker risk taker yeah, when com- he's in the midfield mm. if you look at those three guys right that's the other problem it's like like i I have no problems with the team, obviously. Uh, you know, it, it was it wasn't the greatest performance, but it is what it is. But if you look at like we've got Fabinho, we've got um Harvey Elliott, who I think is amazing, right? And we've got um uh Wolverine, right? Wolverine on the other side, right? And uh uh <laughs> Lucho. You mean Lucho Diaz. Wolverine. Not Lucha, like no, it. not Lucha Diaz. Uh, uh, Rybina. No, I'm, no, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm going with Wolverine now, right? So we've got Wolverine. James Milner is Wolverine. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I like Obviously. it. I don't know if he's Obviously. got hairy hands. Carry on. How could make that man look even harder? Put a beard on him. And now he looks even harder now. Uh, <laughs> so you've got you've got Milner, Fabinho, and um, and Elliot, right? And Fabinho and, and Milner are not they're not going to change games in that respect. They're not Tiago in any way, shape or form. They're not kind of create. They're not t- players that create beautiful things. And we cannot be relying on a 20 year old or whoever old our Elliot is to be that guy. So when you have those three together, that's a lot of, uh, that's not a lot of spark there. That not, do you, do you know what I mean? And so it, we have to rely more heavily on the system. The system has to be, the system has to do the work. We can't because the, because it's definitely not going to be those three players. If we play with those three players too much, we'll drop a lot of points because that they, they that's not a that's not a good midfield. Like you know, I don't think but, we'll yeah, get. If on, we go up against yeah, Chelsea with that, they'll take us apart. Yeah, but the thing is, when you got Fabinho, when you're playing a high line, and you got Fabinho and Henderson in the positions they are, basically with with uh, two defenders behind them, you're going to have both of the centre backs behind them, and that's it. Uh, then if they lose the ball in that space 
Brian, then we're going to get more counters than we saw yesterday. We're going to have more counters than the Tiddlywink Championship. I get um, it, but I just think, you know, someone like Elliot, for example, which I think is brilliant, I think he is he's at his best when he's in a strong team. Like, if he's in a strong Liverpool team, not a problem. He, he slots in effortlessly. But if he's in one of our, um, say, less than stronger kind of starting 11s, He'll, he's not not that he won't he'll never get exposed because I like he look he looks after the ball really well very rarely loses it but sometimes he doesn't do an awful lot with it as well when we need it you know and it's like I'm not to, I'm not gonna I'm not pointing him out it, he was not the problem yesterday I don't think right but it just thinks like we need to unlock this team and the and where does the unlocking come from it comes from the middle of the pitch right that's the beginning of the process and then you've got you've got the keys up front. And they're all wasting. And I think we can look at the top three and think, oh, they didn't do much. But then how much service do they get? Like Salah got the ball. He was practically on the touchline every time, you know, and he was he had two men on him every time as well. He couldn't do anything Eight with key it. Right? Passes. Eight key no. passes. It's a but record. Was, where's, where's the seven key goals? <laughs> no, no, that's the thing. It was our finishing. That's it. That's where I stand on this performance. Is that it was our finishing that was woeful. Absolutely yeah. awful. Our finishing was yeah, yeah, Diaz, in his 57 minutes, he had five shots. None of them on target. He had that squirmy one that hit the post. Uh, and then, I don't know if you remember, but in the, in the first half, there was that... Amazing in the first 10 minutes of the match, Trent flashed it across. Salah prodded it back to Elliot, who jinked his way through. It was well saved. Oh, and then Trent got the ball yeah. again, floated it to the back post. There was Darwin on his trusty left boot, six yards out, and he swiped too early at Three his points. volley and he sliced it. And it was absolutely awful. Uh, but, uh, but I think you know, anyway. but. I can't. I don't blame. Never blame any striker for missing chances. But you know, like he had five chances in fifty-seven minutes, which is amazing. Uh, but uh, you know, like I, I, I don't want to get 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 too down on Darwin. I mean, his his tomfoolery, his stupid stupidity for getting sent off aside. He was he was very 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 dangerous uh, throughout his fifty-seven minutes on the pitch, and uh, and I just think it was just like. We need to practice shooting. And this has been a recurring theme under Klopp when we drop points, is that our shooting's been awful in these days. I mean, even in the Champions League final, uh, you know, but it, we just need to practice that. But apart from that, it was a good performance. Um, we, You know, in terms of the one thing we haven't really talked about, the guy who I thought looked like more like Wolverine than um, James freaking Milner, Um uh, and Doug from the dugout says, James freaking Milner, he suits that beard. Yes, very good. He suits the beard. Not the beard suits him, but he suits the beard because the beard is the animal. Um, very good. Um, yeah, Lucho Diaz, Luis Diaz. Uh, what I love about him, Jack, is when he gets the ball, it's like the half shimmy, the millisecond shimmy that he does with his upper body. And it sort of makes defenders stutter. And by the time they stutter, he's past them. He just whips past them. And you don't know which way he's going uh, because he's doing all these little half shimmies with his upper body. And it's, it's like trying to play against a sort of shimmering poltergeist, isn't it? I mean, he, he was absolutely beautiful for that goal. He, if you count them, watch it back. He beat five players and curled it in. He's been... 
trying to do that goal for a while now. Now he has got that goal. Um, it, I mean, I want to see it every week. I don't know about you, but it was it was it was beautiful from Luis Diaz, wasn't it? And I imagine in the ground, you must have been going potty. Yeah, because down down the man, you're like, oh my god, where what are we gonna do? And it was like we had Luis Suarez back in the ground where. He, as he said, oh, and he's took on about five, six players, and you're like, but well, he's had, he's he's had that. I think obviously since he came in from January last summer, he's had, he's always had the a, a sighter really, where you could just slightly gone over. And that's the thing, he got 16, 17 goals in the league and last year prior to his move, so he's got that goal threat. His tenacity is absolutely phenomenal. Typical South American, never say die attitude really. And I think it will be. I think it's a case, as I mentioned, with Andy Robinson. I think Andy's been that used to playing with Sadio Mane, which you probably will understand. I think, obviously, the communication aspect to, to Andy Robinson, a Scottish and a Colombian trying to communicate. There's probably a couple of jokes in there anyway. But <laughs> it is. I think the understanding, as I said, and I think that's what we'll probably find in the next couple of months, really, a better understanding, because he said Lucho... He likes to come on the right, likes to go on the left as well. He he, he terrorises defenders. And I think the more understanding they have, and as I said, it probably brings it back to my point, as I mentioned with Andy Robinson, but like the more minutes both of them play, I think the better understanding they will have. At that, uh, When I look at that game last night, I think when, when Diaz was on the ball, I think Robinson, and it's quite obvious over the last two weeks, he doesn't know quite when to go forwards, but I think hopefully long term, if that's Costas or Robinson, he actually understand and, and from a tactical sense, Liverpool will really grow down that left hand side. Mate, but I come out of that ground, and that's probably one of the mate, one of my most favourite performances from a player. Just to, obviously, it translated well on the telly as well. He's probably the one player on that pitch. He went up, he's challenging, as he said, Anderson. He was beating Anderson in the year on a couple of challenges, and you're like, bloody hell. Yeah. Obviously, Diaz is like five foot ten, but he's still kind of tall. But when you're coming up against centre halves, and that's what you wanted. And that, I don't know if it filtered through to the television and the mics and everything, but the whole crowd was thriving off Luis Diaz. He was like, he was just like one of us. <laughs> it's just like if the, if the fans could come on the pitch, Diaz was running, chasing, hiding, closing down. He was doing everything, and especially when a game where the players need to give the head a wobble, you just want to just poke them a bit and just be like, come on, boys, just get get up about it. But yeah, he's probably one of the most favourite um, performances from Liverpool playing a very long while because um, he was it's like a, a wind up dog, like a dog or sort of now you get like <laughs> in the supermarket, you just, you just keep on biting, biting, biting. And uh, that, that's one characteristic I really do like about Luke Joey's. And hopefully we do see that a lot more. And hopefully we do see a lot more of those goals. Because he could have been the match winner against Fulham if it didn't. If that, obviously, the, the shot in which he had from the left-hand side. Obviously, took it with his left. And hopefully we do see that a lot more. He's very two-footed. But he could have scored that winner last week on the other. Flew in. But he's, he's got his sighters now off the back of last night. And hopefully it gives him a lot of confidence. Yeah, hopefully. Like, <clears throat> if he does manage to you know find consistency... Uh, going forward with his shooting, then that's, uh, that. I mean, we've got it all to look forward to. Um, but, you know, the most amazing thing uh, that that you mentioned, his, his harrying and his tracking back, um, Fabinho, our number six, got three tackles. Uh, Nat Phillips, mad 
mauling, murdering Nat Phillips, the danger man Nat Phillips at the back, got two tackles yesterday. Um, Luis Diaz got six, Brian, six. He runs back, he plays with all the fire of a burning star in the sky. Um, it's beautiful to watch Luis, or Luis, as they call it with the Portuguese pronunciation for some reason, Luis Lucho Diaz, uh, sure. scintillating, like sparkling. Uh, what did it talk to me about Luis Diaz? Like, can we go with Lucho? I like Lucho. He looks Lucho, like a Lucho. Yeah. yeah, he does. Yeah, he's one of us, isn't he? He really is. He's we. He gets it. We get him. It's 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 brilliant. And it when uh, when those goals start to go in more regularly, I've never seen a player hit the post so many times in in the opening part of his. You can see it's all there. It's all there. You know, he's he's got shades of, I mean, the biggest compliment you can give him is he reminds me of Luis Suarez, you know, and that guy is from another planet. You know, he should be in the Marvel uh, universe, you know, when it comes to football, right? It, 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 imagine Lucho when he gets a bit of confidence and he goes on a run and those, those ball, because you can see he likes a goal, right? And he lit the crowd up. I mean, Jack's, Jack, to answer your question, he was, yeah, he was the one that was firing me up at home. I was like, yeah, let's do this. Because you could see, like, even the picture behind you, it was like, that was like, everybody felt like that because we could win this now. Imagine what a great result that would be, you know, to go 10 men down, bit of a shit performance, and then we just pull it out of the fire. So that the, immediately the narrative changed when that goal went in. And we've seen him score that goal quite a few times in his career where he cuts in, beats a billion players, and then just whacks it into the into the net, right? You know, so he's brilliant. And he again, you know, people are, people are sleeping on him big time, you know, but then the world's full of... I can't think of a, a a pleasant word to say, but I won't. So I won't say anything. But the world's full of questionable football fans, right? And um, uh, you know, he he has uh, shades of Mane about him as well. The way he cares so much, and the way he's made himself such an, in an integral part of this team so fast. Like he's only just joined us, and already he's playing like one of the senior members of the of the squad. Not to say like of the team. Like he's. He's he's really shows he cares and he's putting so much commitment. So it doesn't surprise me that he had that this top meant tackles there. Yeah, I just can't wait. I just can't wait. Like I think there's a lot of little subtle changes going on in this team, in this squad, and it just needs to gel a little bit more. It's there, it's all there, but it's just a little bit off. It's like five percent off here, five percent off there, and that's not how we we play as this kind of fluid machine. And once that just gets once that gets tuned up. It's still all there, you know, and he and he I think he will be the most dangerous team player on the pitch. He'll be the first name on the team sheet once he once he gets going. Um, I, everything about him is brilliant, you know, and uh, I, I was so happy when he got that goal because, again, if he didn't get that goal and he went to another game, he didn't get that goal. Then you, you could see what would happen. The stories would start to come in. But now he's got it takes a bit of the pressure off and hopefully he can get another one again. I mean. In, in many ways, the United game couldn't come around soon enough 
for these lot, right? Because it's a good way to get the stench of some of these performances out there. There's nothing better than rinsing, <laughs> Ma- rinsing United at Old Trafford, right? <laughs> Old Toilet. Oh. <laughs> let's move so, on to uh, that. Let's move on. Let's, mm, let's go with can that. We, let's, can uh, we? <laughs> yeah, for the last 10 minutes or so, let's have a, let's have a nice little... Nice little chat about Man United. Um, I really like the Anfield rep, and I really like John Gibbons, friend of Copan, um, who who compared um, Lissandro Martinez to Danny DeVito. Uh, Brian, I don't, I, I don't know if you saw uh, the performance against Brentford, but it, I mean, it did. five foot it seven. Wow. Someone in the chat, Graham Rogers, says, "Is Darwin a continental Andy Carroll?" Um, I don't oh, know who you tell support, him. We're Graham. tracking I mean, his IP address. Your... Tell him. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, Raz says uh, calls Graham. The boys Rogers will be a, around a later. Names, but, uh, don't, 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 don't call people names. It's okay, Graham Rogers. You're welcome to to join for the for the banter and say is Darwin a continental Andy Andy Carroll? Um, he's not. <laughs> Uh, and if you're a, a United fan who's come here for the banter, then uh, you're welcome, uh, you know. Uh, but you will see next week because, it, I mean, I'm sorry. No, you won't because you've got a red card. Fuck. Oh, yeah. No, that ruins my point. Um, but, okay. It's all right. But, you've um, got a donkey playing centre-half of them anyway. So. <laughs> yes, there you go. So you've got a donkey. You've got Danny DeVito at the back. And you've got, um, you know, it doesn't really matter because, I mean, Lissandro Martinez is not made for this league, Jack. Sorry, I'm going to go to you first uh, about, about Man United. Lissandro Martinez is not made for this league. He's made for, you know, a, a Sabutio table or something like that. He's, he, I don't know if he's... Or under 16s, probably. <laughs> under 16s, there you go. Your Cub yeah. Scout teams, maybe he'll be, be the Terrier in the Cub Scout team. Uh, but no, they were rubbish. Did you see it against Brentford? It was hilarious. Yeah, and we've got to be careful with what we say, especially as we've already alluded to today. We need a performance against Manchester United, and if we don't get the performance that we're all hoping and wanted, then there's going to be serious, serious question marks from top from top to bottom. Not drastic, but there's going to have to be very strong communication from Liverpool and the board, and there will be a lot of question marks if we can't beat this Manchester United side, because... And the, the arrogance that Manchester United went into this Brentford game, we drew, was it this season, last season or the season before, when we dropped very vital points, Curtis Jones getting, you, you'd think, the winner. But this this Brentford side is probably one of the most enjoyable sides to watch the, the, over like a 60, 65-year yeah, period that they, they, they were missing from the top flight. They've come in, breath of fresh air, really. But what they have got is a... A very astute manager um, in in the manager in which they have, and yeah, I think it's uh, a manager that they could have done with <laughs> the opposite dugout, really. But yeah, there's, there's so much wrong about Manchester United, the players on the pitch, the board, but we've just got to enjoy it as well. It's it swings and roundabouts. Liverpool won't be as this good. Well, say similar with City, but they'll always have oil until it runs out anyway. So. Um, renewable <laughs> energy. Um, you never know. Um, but yeah, it's we've got to enjoy it at the moment. And as I said, but we just got to be careful with what we say if we don't get the performance. But yeah, we'll come to that page when we when we get to it. Really, and hopefully we just absolutely stuff them. It makes our world a better place, and especially if City somehow did not expect them to drop a point, but points or two. Then if we do get a massive win, a thumping win over Manchester United. 
as I, I think the fact that he wouldn't have a win over the first three games. Wow. It's Man United. It's all about. <laughs> Who are we going to play up Long front? may continue. Yeah, yeah it was I a... mean, long may it continue. Who are we going to yeah. play up front? Because we're running out of out of out of attackers, aren't we? I mean, yeah. Mo Salah obviously, Diaz obviously. Who's going to be a third one? Bobby's out. Yeah, I'm running out. Banned. I'm running Jota's out. Of out. <laughs> I'm running out with me marker on me pen, mate. I put it on me board. So I was like, he's injured. He's injured. He's injured. Mm. Um, I think I don't know. When I was in the stands, it looked like Carvalho. Um, I think we went to like three at the back, ah, yes. more or less. Fabio, I um, forgot about him, but of course, yeah, yeah stick him yeah, fa- Fabio on the left, it looked like yeah. new, uh, Diaz, Nunes, who was off the pitch, Diaz was playing through the central area because he was the only one yes. last night that was looking like scoring. Um, mm-hmm. And it was Salah on the right, but it's the thing when you've... I know Carvalho, people have been sticking Carvalho up front, and no, He's not a, a nine. Man. I know City can get do that, but City have got the, the quality players. Very different when you're playing Kevin De Bruyne in that false nine position or Foden. But I think it will be Carvalho on the left. And then obviously Diaz or Salah through the middle. And obviously play Lucho on the right. Um, but the adaptability of obviously Salah and Diaz. Um, or even go with a two-pronged attack really and then play Carvalho in behind. So all these options. Um, but this is where Klopp makes his money, mate. And uh, but I tell you what, we're one inch away from, as I said before, we come on here before us three or someone watching plays up front for Liverpool this right because they're all dropping like flies. And uh, yeah, the, the quicker we get Jota back, the better. But we don't want to be put in a situation where we're rushing back players. Um, but if push comes to shove, I think in certain games this season, we might have to do that. We might, we might. I forgot about Fabio Carvalho. He almost scored with that sweet volley on his left foot that was that fizzed wide. It fizzed past the post. I was, I was trembling. I was falling to the floor and 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 and, and cursing the heavens at that one. Uh, but he looks like a great talent, Brian. So I mean, you know, one goes out, the door opens for another to go in. And uh, you know, Brian, it's 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 going to be. I can't see a world where all of Man United's problems um, get you know put aside, even for one match, and they pull it together, even for the biggest match of their season, which is Liverpool at Old Trafford. I mean, first of all, we should actually talk about the protests that are, are planned because it might yeah. not even go ahead. Uh, mm-hmm. Because they're gonna, you know, basically because they're losing, um, mm-hmm. and they don't like losing. Uh, they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're, their main scapegoat now, because they they hounded out a number of managers, uh, is is definitely the Glazers. Now they've settled upon the Glazers, and I understand it in terms of a leveraged buyout. That's a very bad thing, but um, you know, if they were winning, they wouldn't give mm-hmm. too you know that mm-hmm. much of a crap would they so here they are they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna try and ruin the spectacle if we do thump them which we might they might you know invade the pitch i could see this one being called off is what i'm saying but if yeah. it does go ahead brian then i can't can you try as a thought experiment to imagine a scenario where fred wins it for man united or something because that's like it's just like it's just a weird thought rather than anything realistic like i can think about penguins dressed in purple pajamas (laughs) 
I can I can I can have an easier time thinking of penguins dressed in purple pajamas than Fred winning it for United because there you go. They're such a shit, shit show right now. It's just unbelievable. And you have uh, United fans like screaming, saying, play that same team against Liverpool. Do not change that team because United fans want them to be exposed. United fans, like old United fans, want them to be spanked by us at the moment because they're so unhappy with uh, the dross that is their team right now. And normally, look, I'm normally I'm 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 with Jack on this and the fact that looks let's be careful what we say, right? Because you know it's uh, you don't want to kind of put the kibosh on things. But listen, look at that, they're horrendous, absolutely horrendous. And uh God, please play uh Ericsson in that position again. <laughs> play out from the back and give the ball to Ericsson, please. That would be great. Good news, it seems like Robbie. Uh, Bobby Firmino looks like he's going to be available um, oh, for that. Nice. So nice. we have Bobby pressing the life out of them. We've got uh, Lucho on on the left, and we've got Mucho Salah on the right, and that's a whole world of pain for them, you know. And then you know, hopefully Hendo <laughs> is fit. Hendo, Fab, and then I mean, Hendo and Fab for me, and any other is fine. I think that's that's got, that that will work. Um, and I think the rest of it looks after itself. If we can put out Bobby, Salah, and Lucho, they're, they're, they're toast. I mean, they can get a result out of that. I'd be shocked because I think you, I mean, I disagree with some of the stuff you're saying on, but on the same time, the facts don't, the stats don't lie. The stats were good. We did put a good performance and we could have been more clinical up front. We very rarely put in two bad performances in a row, let alone three. And so everything is set up here for. Like, we're a club that's chasing things. They're a club that's even just trying to get into Europa right now, realistically. And I'm not even taking the piss when I say that, right? That's where they're at. And so we have to beat them, no matter what. We don't have to spank them. If we can, that would be beautiful. <laughs> we, we, we could all deal with a, a good United rinsing, you know, and then we could just tune into the to the socials afterwards, you know, and just let it just... You know, sit there with a toasted cheese sandwich and a cup of tea and just click on the next YouTube video, the next YouTube video, <laughs> the next YouTube video. <laughs> but um, yeah, look, they're, they're structurally. I, I, watched, I watched that game and, and I just thought to myself, the first one went in, I went, oh my, oh my God, that's bad. That's, that's horrendous. Like when, when their goalkeeper, which is the only good thing about United for the past 10 years, really. I mean, if they didn't have that goalkeeper, they would have been playing in League One by now, for sure. You know, uh, he's gotten them out of so much shit over the years. Unbelievable. In the shittest teams you could possibly imagine, he's the only player that's managed to keep his, his levels up. But it's eventually, you can tell something's turned in him. It's ground him down. He 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 he's a he has got the, everything about a player who does not want to be there anymore. You know, uh, why am I doing this year in year out? And that's a, letting the ball in there. He's either getting money from China, or you know, he's <laughs> or he's just his head is gone because that's probably one of the most woeful goalkeeping errors I've seen in years. You know, and then it didn't stop there. It was like uh, uh, slap heads. I mean, he's slapheads lining up in the wrong side of the tunnel, <laughs> and the goalkeeper has to tell him, <laughs> "No, captain, we're on this side." I'm like, "Oh, 
Jesus. Just when just when Slaphead thought it couldn't get any worse. The cameras are on him. There's like a billion people around the world watching, and his goalkeeper's gonna go, We're well, on the wrong side, mate. We had to go over the like, really? Yeah. Oh my god. You know, it's just unbelievable. So you know, I, I think this is the first time we've ever played United where I think there's as many United fans want us to win as <laughs> Liverpool fans because they're so they don't want to paper over the cracks. Because if we if they manage to get a result, if they, particularly if they manage to beat us as a, as some kind of miracle, there's a, a lot of older, wiser United fans would say that's the worst fucking thing that could happen right now for that team because it will give them too much time. You know, every smart United fan wants that team just absolutely jettisoned out, you know, and uh, and, and a lot of them are saying we start after Liverpool <laughs> because if they if they try to, let's say, they try to take some of the players out, they try to, he tries to kind of um, put in some of his new signings or I don't know if they made the signings or put in some of the young players, there's a chance that they could be on the end of a, a drumming. Let's be honest, you know, from us, if we turn up and they play like that, we'll we'll kill them. Um, so hopefully yeah, it'll be. Hopefully it's, yeah. I'm yeah, I mean, to sorry it. to interrupt. But yeah, me too. Me too. So much, so much. It's just, you know, there was there was the Lowry painting from last season with, all, you know, them flooding out of Old Trafford on 60 minutes and compared to the Lowry <sighs> painting. But I want Hieronymus Bosch. Next week, I want the triptych of the temptation of Saint that, Anthony. I want to just say one thing on that. You know what? I, you know what? I, I'm a football fan. I mean, I'm a Liverpool fan first, and then I'm a football fan. But I am definitely a football fan. I love football. I love yes. all football, right? And and I have even. I mean, I've got respect for United. They're a legitimate club, right? You know, they are our old rivals, and you know, I feel for them because we all know what that's like. We were there. We we were there not so long ago. And uh, and I'm I'm all all about you know fan power and doing the right thing and and I I wouldn't say I supported them but I didn't I wasn't against them when they did the last time I didn't feel bad I was like look you know your club's a shit show I understand it but you can't pull this out on the big games like this if they do that on this game it won't look like it did the last time they did this the last time they did this a lot of people said okay I don't like it but I can understand it but if they just pull it out for like these. Like, and they could say, oh, it's Liverpool. It's got the most eyeballs. But you're right, Owen. If they were running, if they were, like, on, on a two-game winning streak, would they be doing this? No, they wouldn't. They're doing it because it's a shit show. They've just dropped in eight goals. And if you try to pull anything, the, the league has to think about this and step in. Because if you don't come down hard on clubs doing this, um, and I'm a... You know, I'm a socialist, <laughs> so I, I feel bad even just saying this. But like, if you let if you if you let them away with that, then you're setting them you're setting them a, a dangerous precedent, right? Because there'll be so many other clubs. And next time they're going through a bit of a shit time and they don't like their owners, oh, I know. Let's just do a pitch invasion or let's just make sure that the game. So what? So they have to know that, like, if they do that, then there's going to be dramatic consequences. Like, they should be docked six points. In the league, you think it's bad now. <laughs> you try to do a pitch invasion, and you're going to be nine points behind the, the eight ball uh, in, after three games, right? So, I mean, I hope that I hope it doesn't happen because there has to be other ways to to to, to get these things resolved. You know, that doesn't affect other football fans as well. You know, well, uh, yeah. There's interestingly on that there was a, a statement from a group called the 1958, which is a Manchester United fan group. 
and the, the statement on their website says, for Liverpool, uh, I would do it in a Manchester accent, but I can't. For Liverpool, we will plant the 1958 flag at the Trinity statue for those wanting to make a stand from 7.30pm in support of match-going and non-match-going fans who have made the journey to, sh to show their discontent against this failing ownership. We urge anyone to please contact us for any future ideas or plans concerning match day actions so we can help to validate the feasibility and provide help, support and advice. It's very bad English. We are all on the same side and it's crucial the momentum and pressure is maintained above all else. This is a war, not a battle. Dig yourselves in and be prepared for the long haul. So oh, all of up. that. Yeah, Spirits of Shankly that boys are just laughing their heads off at this, aren't they? They're like well, bloody packed amateurs. <laughs> it's one well, of the bloody amateurs. No, but it, it, that's the thing, though. I mean, they should employ know, shared Spirit of Shankly as consultants. <laughs> they, I mean, that would go down very well. Yeah. But Jack, what do you reckon about it all? I mean, I I, I do sympathise that they 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 uh, hate their owners. We hated our owners back in 2011 uh, when we were rubbish. Uh, but we had a good reason because it almost ran us into administration as opposed to just using the money the club makes uh, instead of investing their own money, which apparently is what Gary never wants. Um, what do you make of it? The protests, you know, this idea of the protests and all that. It's just like a petulant single child, isn't it? That's selfish and, and <laughs> wants everything for themselves. Like you've got everything been getting everything for a couple of years and then all the presents stop and you stop winning and really and it's it's like oh even neville now i understand and obviously redknapp was absolutely spot on i agree with him how many times has neville done a the fact that neville in his interview with sky he's not willing to like dig out certain players just because they're english like mace he refused to heavily criticize but if it's a player like pogba or martial or Another player that Manchester United team that's not English, it'll go go in them in, in hard really. But it, it's mad. It, what was it last year or the year before when he stopped Liverpool's bus? Like and Liverpool sent out a decoy, like some Mission Impossible shit. Um, <laughs> it's like the James Bond send out the decoy bus, and if and they absolutely fell for it, mate. Liverpool went in and they their transport. Like so, that's. <laughs> I reckon we send out about five identical buses and then we just go in. Yes. Uh, <laughs> they all go in like with a guess who, like a tired anyway. And then <laughs> is it like the Goonies stand up on each other's shoulders and try and smuggle into a Old Trafford in which way possible? Air balloon, zip line. Uh, oh, I reckon they should go in it in a white van and they should be like glaziers <laughs> written on the side just to wind. <laughs> You know, but uh, <laughs> yeah, or blaze uh, okay. a TV on the side of it, or something like Christ. Like, but <laughs> it's it, it, it's just laughable, mate, in it. And as I said, like that, you, you've been very pampered, and it's amazing. Similar with Ian Klopp with, with Liverpool, we we're just enjoying the moments now. When when we'll cross the bridge when it comes to it, when Jürgen does eventually retire, or hopefully he stays for a long time. But there's not many Fergusons around. And you were just very content. Fergie, every aspect and every fabric of that football club was run by Ferguson. One, as we know, he'd done the scouting, he'd done the marketing as well. But uh, the, the, it's, it's it's mad that, the, which it is a company, it's a massive global company that Man United is a product. They're absolute shambles. They haven't got any football and people, which is quite 
surprising, but the way you've been ran over the last couple of years, it's being ran by non-footballing people, and that's so obvious from the outset. Long check this out. Up the heads. Check, yeah. <laughs> check, check this out. Check, I don't know if you can see okay. it. It's probably too small. Hang on. If I can, if I'll just read yeah, it can out see that. to you. Maybe you can. Yeah. You can see it. It's it's a great tweet by Travis Simmons at TV Trev Stats, who said, I thought I would just list a few of United signings since Ferguson left. And it goes back a while to Marcos Rocco, 16 million. Just listen to all this, right? It's a long list. I'll see if I can get through it without losing my voice. Marcus Rocco, 16 million. Angel Di Maria, 59.7 million. 32 appearances for Angel Di Maria. Well, they're probably one of their best players, but they got rid of him. He hated it up in Manchester. 50, 60 million for him anyway. Memphis Depay, 28 million for 53 appearances. Damian, 13 million. Morgan Schneiderlin, 25 million. Henrik Mikitarian, 26.3 million. He made 63, you know, awful appearances by his standards. Paul Pogba, 93.25 million pounds left on a free. Romelu Lukaku, forgot about him, didn't you? 90 million. 90 million they pay, they paid they paid for big rum. Nemanja Matic, uh 40 million. Alexis Sanchez cost 67 million pounds. Piano man scored five goals and played. Glory, glory, Man United on the piano. I played that to one of my students the other day. One of my students, he could not believe it. He works in football and he was like, I didn't know that. That's like the, the funniest thing I've ever seen. Alexis Sanchez pretending to play the piano. Five goals, £67 million. Holy moly. Fred, £61.2 million. £61.2 million for Fred. And then Aaron Wan-Bissaka, £50 million. You forget, don't you, these astronomical sums. Harry Maguire, 80. We can't forget that. Donny van der Beek, £39 million. Ahmad Diallo, £37.2 million. He made nine appearances. Jadon Sancho, the jury's still out. He might come good, maybe, but he's got three goals and three assists since his £73 million move. And last but not least, um, you've got, oh, sorry, two more. Raphael Varane, who's been a flop, £41 million. And last but definitely not least, I've forgotten because he was so small, Lissandro Martinez, 56 0.7 million pounds. Brian, that's honestly flabbergasting, wow. isn't it? Holy moly. Jesus Christ. Wow. You know, the most shocking thing about all that was, I was like, Romo Lukaku play for United? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's so easy to like, forget. That's right, he did, didn't he? Yeah, 90 million. <laughs> and he, he had that much impact that I totally forgot. I'm gen I'm not even joking that he played for them for a whole season or two. I don't even know how long he's played for. 90 million. My God. I remember like I remember when FSG just came in to uh, to our club, right? I remember thinking there's only one way we can compete in this league or in the world football. And we need to have the smartest people in the room when it comes to money, when it comes to analytics, when it comes to scouting, when it comes to doing deals, when it comes to all the soft stuff 
that are not on the pitch because we can't at that stage we couldn't compete with United or Barcelona or whatever on money or on salary. We just didn't have it. But we could compete with them on the other end of the spectrum, which is the coaching staff and like because we can pay world class money there. And we are the smartest if if not the smartest well football club run in the world top five top three for sure we have the smart everybody we are the blueprint for recruitment globally right now everybody looks to us and says whatever liverpool are doing do that you know and anytime we we make a decision sometimes it looks like a terrible decision but nobody questions it because it always ends up being the right one and they are the polar opposite of that i mean I will I will agree with Gary Neville on one side of things. Like at the end of the day, it, it it's a business, right? Unfortunately, it's a horrible thing to say about football, right? But those glaziers are they bought it on drip to begin with. Horrendous, right? They bought the whole club on drip. They've taken a club that was a juggernaut, a winning machine. It they were like the fucking Borg. <laughs> half the team, half the play teams were beaten before they even crossed the line. And, you know, they had the best stadium in the world. They had the best commercial outlet in the world. Like, it was just tick, 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 tick. And you ask any Liverpool fan back in those days, can you see a day when they have the worst stadium, one of the worst stadiums in the league? They can't, they're getting spanked 4-0 by Brentford. They can't even sign players now. <laughs> it's, got, it's got such a Imagine. shit show that what they've been doing for the past 10 years with you know like Falco and you, you know you name it it's like it's like your 14 year old nephew has been playing football manager and just b- buying the biggest name out there and like none of it fits there's no balance in any of their teams they just like get all these names put them on the pitch and expect to expect them to figure it out you know and uh, i just can't believe how badly it's gone from 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 the club that they were. And I know that we went through something similar, but like when they were laughing at us, we were still winning cups. We were still winning European cups. We weren't winning league, but we were like, we were still making ourselves relevant. They have turned into a banter club. Like they've overtaken Arsenal in the in the banter stakes. And that's the most, the most damning thing you could possibly say in world football now. When, <laughs> when, you, when you make Arsenal look like a sensible club, you know you've got deep-rooted problems. <laughs> <laughs> apparently people arsenal fan people uh, they're selling t-shirts with hearts and brains in reference to to, to what arteta said uh, in one of his pre-match oh, apparently what, what was it he drew a heart and he drew a brain oh. and then he said let's go and win or something Do you i know bought i bought amazon prime just to watch oh, that yeah. man <laughs> it was great oh my god he goes oh like i'll just i'll just make something up right here we go okay uh, what do we all have together in this room in common? Air. We like air. We breathe air together. So go out there and fucking win, okay, guys? <laughs> that was no the extent of his, his, his team talks every week. Oh, he would man. just pick some I random words and say, I love you guys. You guys are great. You don't let me down. <laughs> and then he would finish off with, let's go fucking win now. You know, it was deep technical <laughs> stuff by Arteta. You know, the guy's a genius. <laughs> and he's great with a marker. I mean, it was very oh. Brendan Rodgers-esque. It really was, you know. He, wow, he actually man. made Brendan Rodgers look like a Rhodes Scholar. I mean, I'll tell you, at the end of it all. <laughs> so, yeah, it's good. It's entertaining. You should watch it. It's very word. good. My word. I think, yeah, you've sold it to me. I think uh, you just... Uh... 
Amazon have got another customer coming their way, you know, Jeff, you know, an extra seven euros a month or whatever it is. Um, <laughs> uh, enjoy, Jeff Bezos. Um, yeah, Jack, it's the end of the world around me. There's this loads of lightning going on here. Um, but uh, before we wrap up, I don't know, do you, do you have anything, uh, anything in particular you would like to add about Man United, about Arsenal, about anything, about the start of the season, any kind of final messages, anything in particular? Just... Just probably that uh, I don't know how you lads felt on uh, and obviously everyone listening. It was a bit of a I don't know if you've watched it, the Chelsea Tottenham game as a neutral, that was madness. Like and, and everyone I think off the back of that game's like, oh and obviously the game sooner's comments as well, not to mention them, but in terms of obviously that's as a neutral fan, you love to watch that, don't you? But if that's your team and you just conceded that, the the fact that obviously Cucarella's literally got his wig taken off him anyway like <laughs> like he's, 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 whoever was dragging his hair that was a foul but as we said last night's officiating was an absolute shambles and but yeah it was a good game to watch but if that was one of your team well if that was Liverpool then I think all of us would be jumping out of a window if it was a <laughs> it was it was a shocking display that but as a neutral missed- it was enticing I missed the match, right? Because I, I was out, I was out and about, and um, but I was, I was sort of, I don't know, half following, you know, googling the score now and again, and then afterwards, um, someone on WhatsApp sent me uh, an image of 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 Kukurea put pulling the hair, and we were talking about this just before uh, with Brian, just before we we started recording. It's nuts! Like, what is the fucking point of VAR mm. if you're not yeah. gonna look at the video? And see if you made a mistake. And they made a mistake, so it should have been a foul. But now VAR, to cover it up, the refs are saying, oh, yeah, but we're only allowed to intervene now uh, if it's possibly a red card. And it's like, well, what the fuck are you doing in your meetings where you're so unbelievably, preposterously overcomplicating the idea that That's you've got video technology... Yeah, I was going to say, and it's and, and it's potentially conduct. a red card as well. Violent yes, exactly. Conduct. Of course it is. Of course it is. Of course it is. Yes. Did you see what, what about conduct. Robbo? Did you see Robbo like one of like in our game? <laughs> Robbo puts both his hands on the player's chest, body checks him, takes the ball off, heads off, and fucking the refs like play on, play ball. We we're like, <laughs> that's a definite yellow, and that was like our, our player. We're like, what are they watching? Like and like, if the referee doesn't pick it up, what's Far doing? He should go, uh, John. Yeah, you missed that there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he, he fucking kicked him in the balls. Yeah, that's definitely going to pull it back for that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. But what they are they doing? They're they like, don't. it's getting worse. It is getting worse. Hashtag PGMOL out. I'm trying to get yes. that trending on Twitter because yes. we need. They're them a private out company there. that makes money, and the and, and, and like that. I found that shocking when I. When I first discovered that. Yeah, they're a service provider. They're a third-party service provider, and we need to get another group of refs in uh, from around Europe or around the world, you know, who don't have the same biases as all being from Manchester and who don't have the same uh, poor level of eyesight. And uh, you know, it's uh, it's it, that would be that would be great. Hashtag PGMOL out. Thank you very much to Jack uh, Anfield Road TV in the house. You've you, you've changed your name, Jack, to Anfield Road TV. Excellent stuff. So viewers, formerly Jack Mac TV, it's now Anfield yeah. Road TV. Uh, what's going on on your channel these days, Jack? 
Yeah, it's well today being the sixteenth of August. I've got Owen on at seven PM GMT. Um we'll be having Owen. We'll just debrief and analyse and probably moan and, and joyous uh, as we've done today of the good moments of Liverpool, mate. But we'll we'll be having Owen for a debrief of seven. And obviously we will have a couple of shows throughout the week, mate. But thank you very much for having me on, mate. I appreciate it. It's great to speak to Brian, as always. And everyone <laughs> have a Try and enjoy and look forward to Manchester United. And if we get three points, as we've already discussed, it'll make our moods feel a lot better. What a nice one, Thank you. It, it will. It will. Thank you very much, Jack. Brian, what would you like to add? A final message to the viewers, to the listeners? I'm not going to say a word. I'm just going to do this. Oh, and for the listeners, he's rubbing his hands together. In anticipation for Monday's match. Thank you so much, everybody, <laughs> for listening, for watching. Uh, Mick Moran's in the house. Hi, Mick. Great to have you with us. And um, absolutely wonderful to have you with us, thanks, Mick. Uh, you know, do check out the great work for the Copite podcast as well. Wonderful stuff. And uh, I'm just going to leave you on a brilliant joke that Doug left in the comments before. Brilliant. I don't know. I shouldn't preface a joke with that. Okay, a rubbish joke, but um, I found it quite funny. Um a mummy covered in chocolate and nuts has been discovered in Egypt and archaeologists think that it may be the remains of Pharaoh Roche. <laughs> Good night. Uh.